Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to inspire and feel good about your money. I'm Marika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, a yoga teacher and the owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi Chloe, welcome to the show. Hello Marika, thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. So you're the CEO of Femme Business Angel, which is the first women's network of business angels in France and in Europe. You've already financed more than 200 startups, and one of your mission is to encourage more women to invest as business angels. Anything that you want to add? Well, thank you for this uh, introduction. Yes, I've joined this female network, which is the leading uh, European network for female investing in startups only six months ago. And before that, I was a legal counsel in uh, business law. So I was also working with uh, businesses beforehand. And uh, I had um, a three-year experience as a tech entrepreneur. I, I had built my own startup. And today I'm super happy to be on the other side, the investment side, and being able to support great projects. Nice. And I, and I understand the move from one side to another. Super cool. So can you tell us a bit like the particularities of startup investments? Because it's a very typical, specific investment. Exactly. So I would say startup uh, investments involve high risk, but also high potential returns. They typically focus on innovative ideas and disruptive technologies. So investors often seek um, scalability and rapid growth in uh, startup ventures. So startup, I would say, is about innovation. Yeah. And so I've done some research because I always want to find the data and, and then opening with experts. The picture between countries is very different. So in the US, there's a report from the Center for Venture Research at the University of New Hampshire in 2022, where we're saying nearly 40% of angel investors were women, which is up from 22% a decade earlier, so pretty encouraging. But the other stat I found for the UK is very different, where only 14% of business angels are women. And what is even more shocking is that less than 0.5% of female angels have achieved a portfolio of 10 or more different positions. And this is a research undertaken by NatWest. What do you think in your day-to-day -day life? And, and do you see these data? Yeah, I, I do have them both points of view because I'm uh, French, but also Irish. So I have more of the uh, also the UK kind of based uh, point of view. And we can see actually the uh, quite a lot of discrepancies in the participation of uh, women in angel investing across different countries. And that's stemmed by, I guess, a various number of factors. The first reason is the perception of risk, mm -hmm. I would say, as investing in startups involves uncertainty and potential loss. That has to be, you know, kept in mind. Additionally, uh, the requirement for substantial wealth to diversify and participate in the market may pose a barrier for some women that I, I've seen a few times 
because, you know, limited access to information about investment opportunities coupled with the confidential nature of angel investing could also, in my view, contribute to the disparity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the figures you, you've pointed out are pretty, you know, clear. It's shock that the lack of guidance from financial advisors as well, for me, first uh, compounds th this issue with, you know, data showing that 96% of women are not advised about angel investment, according to the study you were, you were pointing out. Yeah, and this is a study from Female Invest, and I was so stunned seeing that number. Yeah. Yeah, that's shocking. And what I see in France compared to the UK, which are the two countries I know the best, is that there's a lot more, you know, female investors as uh, uh, people in the UK. I guess it's, you know, for so many years, uh, women have battled to have uh, this place in the, the economy. In France, it's a bit slower when you see uh, between 14% only of, um, of women in France are only doing business angel investing. There's like a full boulevard in front of us to be able to, for women to take that place in the investment uh, sphere. Mm -hmm. If I summarize, so a lot of risk because normally two out of 10 investment will succeed in startups, as well a wealth issue because yeah, the entry ticket can be quite high. We're talking about 10,000 to 50,000, depending on, on projects. And because you have to diversify with the increased risk, you need like a substantial amount of money in order to enter. But as well, there's a bit of inaccessibility of information because it's a confidential world. And often you don't necessarily hear about people looking for money and, and funding and so on. So you, these three things are the, are the main, I would say, issues. And so from your position in with Fam Business Angel, what initiatives are you involved to change this? So I've always been an advocate for, you know, female entrepreneurship. So I'm doing, I'm in the same battle for female investors. So I have been able with the network to be engaged in several initiatives aimed at promoting gender diversity and inclusion in finance and investments. So these um, initiatives include advocating for increased representation of women in leadership roles within the finance industry. So that goes through, you know, supporting educational programs and workshops specifically tailored to women interested in, in investing, because often I see women that are interested, but often struggle to make that first step, asking the question, asking, you know, where they could, uh, you know, get that expertise. And what I, I also uh, managed to do in the, in the first few months I've been here is also collaborating with organizations. It could be incubators, it could be, you know, uh, public entities, that provide mentorship and networking opportunities for aspiring uh, female investors. So I would say I actively participate in discussions and campaigns that raise awareness about the importance of gender equality in finance and work towards yeah, breaking down those barriers to entry for women in the investment world. And what we see also studies have showed that, you know, diversity in a startup, you know, in the founding team is super rich to build solid foundations. And also similar studies have been published on a very diverse board also of investors in a startup. So having, you know, women, you know, encouraging women to step up and be part of uh, this adventure also provides a diversity of point of views. And that can only be beneficial for, um, you know, an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of studies at the moment that says that we're going to go through the biggest wealth transfer in history with women having 
more than half of the wealth in the US, it's nearly done. And in the UK, between 2025 and 2030, do you think that's going to change their implication and their willingness to invest in startups? Absolutely. The impending you know, wealth transfer to women presents a significant opportunity for driving change in the investment landscape, but also innovation for me. You know, the challenges we're facing with environment, social crisis can only, you know, open a door for women also to have a, an active role. So with women projected to own more than half of the wealth in the US and the UK in the, last, in the next five years, I would say, I find that there's a, a real possibility for increased female participation and influence in investment decisions. So I think there's going to be a shift in ownership that can lead to greater representation of women in those roles. And that would address also, you know, the gender disparities in finance and reevaluating the traditional investment strategies to better uh, cater, you know, preferences and priorities for all female investors. So I believe that it's a, an exciting prospect that holds the potential to reshape this industry and foster more inclusive and more equitable investment practices. Because I think one of the best reasons to invest in startups, and this is really to inspire people, is that it's really the opportunity to make the world more in line with your values, because you, with your money, you're going to impact and finance the projects and companies that actually talk to you. And that's why it's pure impact investing. What, what do you have to say there? And certainly. So investing in uh, startups offers several compelling reasons to number only a few that would include impact investing. Uh, so by financing projects and companies that align with your values, you have the uh, opportunity to contribute positive change in the world. I think impact investing allows to support, you know, innovative solution, pressing social environmental issues making this tangible difference while potentially, you know, earning a financial return. So, you know, with both sides of the coin are, are good. So I was talking about potential high returns. So while investing in those startups, it would also potentially also offer women the significant financial gains, which would also, you know, increase their autonomy, financial independence and, and so forth. So successful startups can experience exponential growth. Also, you know, being able to have advice from women in leadership positions as well. So I guess that would be supporting also innovation and entrepreneurships because, you know, investing in startups provides a crucial funding and support to um, the entrepreneurs that have the ideas, that have the momentum, that are battling every day for, to bring their solutions to the world. And by backing those visionary founders, you play a role in driving innovation and shaping the future economy. That's what I believe. And just to a few other points I would uh, like to point out would be diversification for women also. So including startups in your investment portfolio can help diversify your risk. It could also, you know, enable you to access to exciting opportunities, you know, uh, through disruptive technologies, industries, business model. And, you know, you would take part in a cutting edge developments and emerging trends. And finally, I would say that for many investors, supporting startups goes beyond financial gain. It's about passion, curiosity, personal fulfillment. And so I would say engaging with dynamic founders and being part of their journey can be immensely rewarding on a personal level too. I love it. I feel the passion. <laughs> That's brilliant. 
So as you said, it's really like a, a window for innovation startups. And when we think that only 2% of the funding goes to female-owned startups, which is again a crazy number, when women invest as business angels, do you see or have you noticed that they actually try to compensate that number, which means are they more keen to invest in femtech or anything female-oriented? Yes, that's the to point out that figure two percent is crazy, and it hasn't really you know moved in the last few years. So we still have a bit of a fight to bring on. <laughs> but I would say I'm not sure about the the compensation. I guess the figures kind of you know points towards that. I would say investing in startups provides a window for innovation, and when women become angel investors, they often bring a unique perspective and focus to their investment decisions. That's what I experienced also with the 150 female investors that are in my network. While it's not guaranteed that, you know, the investors will specifically seek out female-owned startups or invest, you know, exclusively in femtech or female-oriented ventures, many do prioritize supporting diverse founders, so mixed teams also, and businesses. So that, in my sense, would address, you know, unmet needs and challenges faced by women. The research also suggests that female investors are more likely to invest in companies with diverse leadership teams and those that prioritize gender equality and social impact. They may be, you know, particularly interested in femtech, so technology focused on women's health and other sectors that directly cater uh, to female consumers or address uh, women's issues. However, their investment decisions are ultimately driven by a combination of factors, including the quality of the business model, market potential, founder expertise, and alignment with uh, personal values and interests. So the um, efforts to increase the representation of women among angel investors can contribute to a more equitable distribution of funding and support for female-owned startups. And I would say thereby helping you know, to address the existing gender gap in entrepreneurial finance and fostering, I guess, uh, greater diversity and innovation. And do you see any trends at the moment, any sectors that stand out or any, yeah, where do startups put their energy at the moment? What's trendy? I've identified uh, several trends and sectors where female-led startups uh, have been making notable strides. So I was talking about uh, Femtech. So it's female-led startups which focuses on technology-driven solutions for women's health and wellness. That sector has really been gaining momentum, which is good news. I would say also a second sector would be sustainable and ethical consumer goods. Female founders are launching startups that prioritize sustainability, ethical sourcing, and social responsibility in consumer goods industry, such as, you know, fashion, beauty, it could be food. So it's really quite wise. What I've noticed in all the, you know, the, the startups that come to us to uh, pitch in front of our investors, I see a lot of ed tech, mental health, diversity, but also a lot of tech. Uh, the more and more women, which is great news, are founding companies that are tech driven. For instance, you know, female founders are championing in um, disrupting traditional industries with, for instance, innovative SaaS platforms or B2B solutions. I see, uh, you know, more and more women in financial services, uh, HR tech, cybersecurity, which is great because you don't only want you know women building businesses for women. You want also you know to address a, a wider audience. 
And so these trends reflect not only the entrepreneurial talents and interests of women, but also the evolving needs and preferences of consumers in today's markets. So female-led startups are contributing to innovation, diversity, and positive social impacts. I like these words. Super nice. <laughs> Super inspiring. And um, do you invest yourself in startups? And what is your investment portfolio looking like? Good question. So I was an entrepreneur not so long ago. So I had invested in my own company in a building. So I had built tech startup around travel data. So data related to tourism to better, you know, not having all the people going in the same place at the same time, being able to re redirect travelers in crazy places that were unknown. And so when I started that, um, my startup, so I invested my, my economies in building that company, building a team. And today I help friends launch their projects with uh, three things, a bit of capital if needed, but it could also be expertise and my network. Like, uh, again, it sounds to be like a very passion driven and um, yeah, really, you really fit in that, in that world kind of. And if you want to inspire more women to take action, do you have any books or articles or anything you would want to share? for them to go deeper on that subject? Of course, I'm always happy to share uh, my discoveries. And if you have any, I, I'm also curious uh, of your own. I've discovered this female author called Brené Brown. She's actually an American professor and podcast host as well. She actually, her work is uh, based on shame, vulnerability and leadership. And I've just finished two of her books. The first one is The Gifts of Imperfection which was great, uh, you know, how do you overcome some barriers that you set to yourself, which was really inspiring. And the other one she has written, which is kind of um, my Bible sometimes, is called The Atlas of the Heart. It's more on understanding and putting words on emotions, experiences, because often people are kind of disoriented because they can't put words on what they're feeling. And that can build up, especially, you know, in some companies, people not being aligned with the project or aligned with the vision of the founder and putting words on those, you know, emotions kind of ha really helped me talk to different people at different levels of maturity of their, of their projects and really understanding what is their drive? Why are they financing or being entrepreneurs today? So this was a real discovery for me. And more on the leadership part, I had, I think it's her name is Cheryl Sandberg. She wrote a, a book called Lean In, Women Work and the Will to Lead. This book offers insights and advice for women striving to achieve their goals in the workplace and beyond. <laughs> so encouraging them to lean in and pursue leadership roles with confidence. So that would be my two recommendations. Super nice. So the third one, I know, amazing book. So I'm super curious about the first two because I don't know them and I'm a keen reader. So I'll definitely put them on my list. <laughs> Thank you. Anything you want to add, share, but yeah, really, really enjoyed this talk. I think it was, yeah, I really felt your passion and your, your interest in that world and how you're trying to change a few things, especially like the representation of women in that sector. So really well done. I know it's only been six months, but there's so many things to do. I love your energy and I'm sure you'll, you'll go really far. Well, thank you so much for, for having me and for this opportunity to also share uh, those insights. If I would add a final thing would be, 
you know, related to the, the two books I was talking about, it's the, the confidence gap. I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of that concept, but there's, you know, a huge confidence gap between men and women. And I see it in, you know, in, in female founders or female investors sometimes. And I guess it's also, you know, to exchange network with other women, finding strategies for women to build uh, self-assurance and overcome barriers to success. So I guess it's, you know, continuing to learn, continuing to connect, which is super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because normally, like often, women have everything already. It's just a question of being out there and just being confident to portray with the no need and so on. Yeah, super nice. Thank you so much, Chloe, and take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website, maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.